Welcome to another exciting, exhilarating, sensational. Why are you laughing? I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. I love it. Keep going. Fun episodes where we talk about anything that's edible, edible adjacent. Uh, yeah, we we talk about food. Anyways, welcome to One for the Table. <laughs> I'm John Kang. <laughs> I'll try to start off on like a high energy and you're just like smirking. No, it's so funny. Uh, yeah. Anyways, welcome to One for the Table. I'm John Kang. And I'm Kim Chi. And this is the podcast to listen to in the middle of the night. While you're working out, when you're extremely hungry, and speaking of extremely hungry, um, <laughs> I'm very hungry right now. <laughs> yeah, well, we haven't had breakfast yet, and I'm still in LA, um, and I'm making us some oatmeal congee, and it's not ready yet. Well, it smells really good, but unfortunately, it takes 91 minutes to be completed, so... To do it in the rice cooker, yeah. But... Uh, in more recent news, Kim, you just got back from a trip to Atlanta. Yes, Atlanta, but no one says that apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really eat anything in Atlanta because I just landed at my gig. Um, but I DJ for the first time. Yeah, there it is. And tell us about that. I want to know about like your experience being a DJ for the first time. Yeah. So, um. Basically, I've been studying and learning how to DJ for like the past like several months. Um, cause you know, I love music. I like to think that I have pretty good taste in music. You know, like I came up like in the club scene. Um, like my first like drag jobs were basically like hosting dance parties. Mm. So, like I'm really familiar with like the club culture and like dance music. Do you play any K pop in your sets? I do, yeah. Okay, because all of the K-pop music that I listen to is, like, pretty much curated by you. I mean, like, I've loved K-pop even before it was, like, trendy, you know? Like, I've been following it from, like, the first generation. But not just K-pop, but I have, like, a wide range of tastes. Mm -hmm. You know, I also like House. I like Disco. I like all these goodies. So what was the nightlight at Ketzelf? It was at a concert venue called Terminal. And basically, I was, like, the headliner for that night. Um. Yeah, I was, like, really nervous because I was afraid, like, what if nobody shows up? Because, like, I'm not, like, known as DJ yet. And, you know, actually, um, a couple of the people that were there thought, like, you know, it was going to be, like, a drag show. Oh. Even though, like, it says, like, you know, like, I'm DJing. <laughs> yeah. But, um, luckily, the turnout was great. And it seems like everybody had so much fun. Like, everybody was dancing. The vibe felt immaculate. Very nice. Well, congratulations. I know you were like seriously in and out of there in like one day because I was watching the dog while you were gone. Yes. And the reason why I came back so early is because of our friend Diana. It's like, let's do a seafood boil <laughs> for John. <laughs> that was the first time I've ever made a or cooked a seafood boil before. And I had such a good time like learning how to do it. Yeah, we did like the Cajun spices. We cooked like we had the giant pot with the propane tank. It was really cool. But like what really shocked me was like how cheap the seafood was. Oh, my God. Yes. I think it was called Hawaiian Market. San Gabriel Valley, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. And they had like 
what, what kind of crabs did we get? We got Dungeness crabs for $7 a pound, 20 pounds of shrimp. And we had like live crawfish, which was amazing. Um, and all of the seafood except for the shrimp was live. It was so, so good. Um, and we, and I cooked it with like Cajun spices, garlic powder, peppers, uh, chilies. Um, but then I got the idea to like add in other stuff and Diana agreed. And she like added in like a mala cube, like one of those hot pot cubes with the oil and the mala. And so like, if I were ever going to do it again, I would totally do like a completely 50, 50, half Cajun, half like Szechuan hot pot flavor just to make it like really, really mm. spicy. Could you imagine like if you just like went full, like just a giant hot pot, but as a seafood boil? Oh my God, I'm salivating. Right. And also like, yeah, talking about the um the value, uh, we just went to um one of those like crab boil places. And over there, the Dungeness crab was $45 a pound. And the Dungeness crab I got was like... One and a half pound, which, you know, was like... Oh, my God. Almost like $70, you know, for one crab. And then I got, like, I don't know, like a pound of sh- or half pound of shrimp with it, which ended up being, like, $12 or something. So, like, my meal was basically, like, 100 bucks with tax and tip. But yesterday, I basically had, like, the um same quality, actually, if not better, yesterday for, I think... Around like twenty dollars. Yeah, it was close to twenty dollars a person, and that's if you had a crab to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody got like a pound of half a pound to a pound of crawfish, mm-hmm. um, half a pound to a pound of shrimp, and then we had potatoes and carrots and corn um, that was all, all boiled in there as well. All the additions, mm-hmm. and that was like down to like twenty that bucks a person. It was so good. Oh, yeah, because, like, at the crap oil places, they also charge you, like, up an arm for the addition. Like, corn, mm-hmm. piece of corn is $3. Piece of potato is, like, $2. Um, rice is, like, $4. And it Which all is adds wild. Up. Because, like, you need, like, the corn and the, and, and the vegetables and stuff to, like, actually make the boil taste good, too. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, it's in there anyway. Why are you charging extra for it? I think that's why, like, they toss it in, like, so much sauce. Because so yesterday, what made, like, also the seafood great was after, like, the seafood came out, aside from, like, you guys and the broth you cooked it in, just, like, the flavor of, like, the original ingredient mm-hmm. was so tasty. Like, mm-hmm. all the seafood meat had, like, a little, like, that good sweetness to it. And it mm-hmm. was, like, plump and juicy. It almost, like, didn't need sauce. Mm. Like... I'll dip it in the garlic butter every now and then, but aside from that, it really didn't need. Oh, and one of our friends made nuk mam. Um, oh, so good! Like, like the Vietnamese delicious. dipping sauce, oh. that was also delicious. But aside from those two sauce, it doesn't really need. You know, like mm-hmm. those, like heavy sauces that these crab places like put on. Yeah, when I was doing research for like how to do a crab boil or how to do a seafood boil for the first time, like the thing that I really took away from it was how every there, there's like a order there's like a set order to things so like i actually cooked the potatoes first because they take the longest to cook and then i followed it up with carrots 
before the potato, potatoes were done. And then I followed it up with like shrimp. And then we cooked that all together first. And then we put those on the table. Um, mm-hmm. And then separately, I cooked the crawfish. Um, and then separately, I cooked the crab. But all of it was using the same broth. So it only got stronger and stronger and stronger every time. It was it was very, very like, it was it was a great thing to learn how to do. I, I I'm, can't wait to do it in Michigan. <laughs> I need to get one of those mm. like uh, boiler pots for myself. And also, oh my God, the crawfish was so good too. Yeah. Live crawfish makes such a difference. Mm-hmm. Because normally like crawfish at like, I don't know, Chinese buffet or whatever, they're like tiny, the meat is so tiny and it's really not worth the work. But mm. these babies, these suckers were plump. Yeah, yeah. They were like, they were more like just like small lobsters. Some of them were just like Look, small lobsters. Like, we pulled the um, tail off, and then, like, all that, like, you know, like, um, crawfish butter, like, came with it. Yeah. And then you, like, mm-hmm. clip off, like, the other end of the tail, and then you pull the meat out, and it was, like, a mouthful of, like, crawfish meat. It was so good. Ugh. And then you sucked the head. Oh. <laughs> yes. Uh yeah, so yeah, I'm super excited to do again, but like super spicy Szechuan style with a Szechuan mm-hmm. broth. And then also, can we talk about the um, crab butter? The crab butter? Oh, when we like rip the 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 head mm-hmm. and the yes. So basically, when you oh. like um rip like the um when you basically crack open like the Dungeness crab body, um, there's all this like innards that are in there. It sounds gross, but uh, that's called crab butter. Mm-hmm. And you basically like mix rice into there, squeeze a little like lemon juice into it, if you will. And then um, you would eat out of the crab head with like just pretty much it's, it, it's crab essence in rice. And it's so good. Mm-hmm. And then you take like the midsection and you pick off all the meat at There's once. All the crab meat. And all the crab mm-hmm. meat. And, you and then it you in mix there. that. It's oh, so good. <laughs> I had such a good time. It felt like such like a down and dirty, but also like luxurious at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was very that. So between the three protein, crab, crawfish, and shrimp, which one do you think was your favorite? Um, I really liked, let me see. Um, I liked the crab, but I think like the shrimp was surprisingly good because they used, they didn't just get like shrimp, but they had like the big, like the, they were looked like small tiger prawns. And first of all, they had like the most meat for the least amount of work, let's face it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but they were really sweet. They tasted sweet. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, the, obviously, crab is good. That's the given, mm-hmm. you know? But yeah. the shrimp was really, really tasty. Mm-hmm. And it was like, like surprising because you, you were like, uh, okay, against things that you have less common which is like crawfish i rarely ever have and then crab mm-hmm. which is like super expensive so i don't have it that much but like really good large shrimp like when cooked well mm-hmm. it's hard to beat and also um normally crab will stay as sausages but mm-hmm. um our friends added fish balls and like beef tendon balls made yeah. it all Asian and stuff and i yeah. feel like that better because like Sausage tends to be just, like, salty. Mm-hmm. So then it makes me, like, end up, like, reaching for, like, rice. Mm-hmm. But the fish balls, like, 
it just like added, like added like a nice texture and it wasn't too salty. Yeah, uh, we got the idea because Diana didn't really like, she doesn't really like sausage. And mm -hmm. so I was like, well, we have to have some like some kind of, I guess, chewy, meat, meaty thing in there. And then I saw these like fish balls. And when, we, when I say fish balls, I mean like they're, they're meatballs that are made out of fish meat. And then there's like beef meatballs that are made out of beef and also have little bits of tendon in them. They're, they're normally made for a hot pot. And that's where I got the idea to make it more and more like a hot pot. Uh, so I was like, oh, let's add these instead. So some people could have like something that they didn't have to peel um, or just eat more easily. And the meatballs were so good. Such a great addition. I want to add like lap chung, which is like Chinese sausage next time. And like uh, lap yolk, which is uh, cured pork belly. Mm. That would be so good. Mm. Talk dirty to me. <laughs> Basically, if I make a crab, if I make a seafood boil again, it's just going to be like an eight gallon hot pot. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and the next thing you know, we're putting in like bok choy, lotus root. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Someone both like the cognac. Oh my God, of course. <laughs> the Remy Martin. Uh huh. And then um, when the imitation crab comes out, that's when we're like, all right, guys. Okay, <laughs> settle down. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but I think is you you can still use the Cajun seasoning because like a lot of the Cajun seasoning is like garlic and paprika. Like it's all stuff that tastes good with Chinese flavors. So mm -hmm. you can do it more Cajun or you could do it more Sichuan. It really just depends on like what mood you're into. But like if you're a person that does seafood boils, give it a try and put in like a mala cube in there and as but if you do it, you have to make sure that everybody in your party likes to eat spicy food. Otherwise, like, boil non-spicy food first and then put in the mala cube after. Because there's no making it not spicy after that. Or do you think we can make it Korean by adding in... Gochujang. Gochujang. <laughs> <laughs> no, gochujang. Actually, would it be bad, though? I don't think it would be. I think it would be pretty good. Oh, gochujang is like pretty thick, so I feel like it'll yeah. make the uh, broth a little bit more muddy. Oh, that's true. But there's going to be so much of it. So like, you wouldn't be making like a gochujang soup, but you're just adding it to like Cajun spices and stuff. It would make it a little sweeter, mm -hmm. a little spicier. It could mm -hmm. work. Yeah. With some Worcestershire sauce. We could try it next time. We could. We could just we crab lobster boils all week. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you boil crab or like um, crab boil in lemonade, would it be like poaching in like lemon juice? You mean like sweet lemonade? Yeah. I don't know if I ever thought about, do I've definitely never thought about doing that, but like, would it be too sugary? I don't know. Cause I mean... I mean, like, the meat already has, like, a sweetness to it. Yeah, so wouldn't it... I would be afraid that it would make it too sweet. I mean, just for the sake of trying it, I might try it with, like, a crab leg. Mm. Just to see. Yeah. What if you just discover something new in the podcast? Well, you would have to try it first. And then report back. Mm. <laughs> and then I'd make it a TikTok trend. I'd have to go buy some crab legs first. 
<laughs> or Instacart it. Should he? Should he put up a little like um, GoFundMe? <laughs> Help him buy some <laughs> crab, <laughs> legs. <thinking> crab legs. <laughs> crab legs for Kim. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We'll never do that. <laughs> this podcast isn't sponsored by anyone. <laughs> <laughs> But if you are looking to sponsor us, um, our holes are wide open. I'm I'm sorry, what? No, nothing. Don't worry about it. Okay. Anyway, so I've got two days left in Los Angeles. I think two days? Yeah. I two leave days, on Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to hit some, like our favorite fancy sushi place to, mm-hmm. tonight. It's tonight. Tonight. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then tomorrow, you're going to make us curry. Yep. I don't think you've ever had my curry before. Well, I make I a bunch of so. different kinds of curry. But, mm. yeah. I want us well, to make a little, something a little healthier. Because we've been eating a lot of rich food this, this time. Have we? I feel like we've been eating so healthy. We started tacos. And then we had trendy Thai. And then we had, we had sushi. We had, like, California... Rakuten sushi, but we also had too much. Mm. It's not healthy food if you like gorge yourself. It doesn't matter like what you're eating. <laughs> if you yeah, have too much of it, it's know. no longer healthy. I don't know who's gorging. I didn't gorge. I did. I totally did. I like. <laughs> but I then also, myself. like, I guess you're not. I didn't gorge because like I'm around these food all the time, and you. Yeah, that's true. You're a guest. Yeah, and I am like I can't. I can't be stopped right now. It's the food here is yeah, so good. You can't be tamed. Mm-mm, I can't be. So what would you say, like, when you have guests over in California, um, mm-hmm. what is your favorite place to take them selfishly? Because, like, it's a place, a place that you would never go on your own, but you're always happy to take someone there because it gives you a chance to either yourself. Um... I don't know if I want to go somewhere. I usually find the excuse to go, and I usually mm-hmm. have people like that want to come with, so I never have that issue. Mm-hmm. But um, I always like taking people to California Rock and Sushi because um, mm-hmm. like everybody loves sushi, and like that place is like legit good. Yeah, actually, the place that um I really want to go to, but I don't get to go often, is um called Songhak. They specialize in K barbecue, but intestines. <gasps> oh, I've seen like intestine specialty K barbecue places before, but only in New York. And I love intestine for K barbecue. Oh my God, no. But here it's like next level. You can get a combo of um, large intestine and small intestine. Yeah. And for those of you that's never had like intestine K barbecue, um, large intestine when you grill it, it's basically like. Eating a sausage to stuff the collagen. And oh, it's been like marinated, it's... so there's like a little sweetness to it. And then um small intestine. You grill it till outside is like super crispy. And inside it's filled with cope. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I don't know how let me how to describe it. It's almost like imagine like a crispy sausage casing stuffed with like foie gras in the middle. 
Oh, it's so um, good. It's like creamy in the center, um, crispy in the outside. So, but that's like something like you go with a friend, like not alone. Mm-hmm. And like intestine key barbecue is not something like everybody's into. So, yeah, that's like a little harder sell. Yeah. Well, next time I'm here, let's go there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think like when people come to Detroit, I didn't take you anywhere. We just stayed home and ate, <laughs> ate at my mm-hmm. house. Which is great. Yeah. Next time we'll actually venture out a little more. But I don't know. There's actually a Thai restaurant called Takoy that is just reliably really good. But it's it's the same style, I guess, mm-hmm. as the Thai restaurant that we went to here. It's like trendy Thai, but mm-hmm. it's actually good. Like it's funky. It's everything that you missed from the last restaurant, but also like the same. It's not as Instagram-ish, it's, but it's, it's like funky stuff. And it's mm-hmm. that flavor profile that you were looking for where it's like very salty, very funky, very sweet, very fresh. Like it's very everything. And like Takoy is just like very reliably good in Detroit. Well, next time when I'm in Detroit, <laughs> I don't know when, but <laughs> next time, next time, next. I was about to say, oh, like you can you can stop by when you're touring, but you're not doing North America, and also Drag Race isn't or Work the World isn't stopping by in Detroit this year. Maybe you should move to LA. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not happening. I don't like driving out here. Sorry. That's that's Boo. something that's like <laughs> it's a deal breaker for me. Just being on the road that much and that often is just it, it sounds terrible to me. You know who would say that? Cowards. <laughs> and maybe New Yorkers. Uh New Yorkers are old breed, like <laughs> They're like their own thing of like, New York is the best city in the world. <laughs> I mean, I I like New York a lot more as a city than I like LA personally as a city. Um, it's true. I, Kim is looking at me like so crazy right now. No, uh, no, no, I'm not. Yeah. No, but like... No, I, I, to- I totally understand the appeal of New York, you know? There's culture everywhere. You can walk everywhere. Um there's like businesses everywhere. It's easy mm-hmm. to do things. There's always something going on. Um, yeah, I mean, it's great. It's definitely based on like what you value and what you want out of your city. Because um, like LA is probably like a fantastic city for like obviously tons of people because what is the biggest city in the country, right? Mm, I think so. Yeah. So obviously there's tons of people that love living here. Um, but you do have to enjoy being in a car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which is funny because I am in Detroit and I'm like, uh, no, I, I don't like it. I walk almost everywhere, even though I've got my own play. I've got my own truck. It's living on the edge, that junk <laughs> Okay, so um, you sent me these jars of spices. Mm-hmm. Um, could you tell me about these? 
Oh, my spice blends? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, after getting them, I'm like, they sound great in theory, but um, I don't know how to use any of them. <laughs> okay. So, there are three different blends. And thank you for asking because not many people, I think I saw one, one person reviewed it on the Burlap and Barrel website and they were like, uh, I ordered these thinking there was something else, not sure if I like them. And then other people really did like them. I think people were surprised by like their flavor profiles. Um, one of them is a master stock blend and you can like mix that in with soy sauce to make it like more herbaceous and sweet, but I really like roasting vegetables in them. So like we have like a kabucha squash here. I'm going to use it for curry, but you can roast that to make like roast pumpkin with it. It makes everything like naturally sweeter. Mm. And um, there's one called smoking, smoldering embers, and that's for like grilling meat with or mushrooms or tempeh. Like it's a very savory, deeply savory one. Um, and then the shimmering salt is like a finishing salt. So it's like a citrus salt that you put at the end of anything. So you can put it on anything that you cooked with the other two spices. But I actually really like putting it in f on like on like fruit, like mango and pineapple. Okay. Mm -hmm. Kind of similar to like um, how um, like the fruit vendors like dress their fruit here. Yeah, 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 yeah. With like the um, like the red flaky stuff. I don't know what it's called. I'm sorry. Tahin? <laughs> yeah. Tahin? Oh, so tahin is so good. I like tahin better on mango than I like shimmering salt, but I like shimmering salt on pineapple more than I like tahin on pineapple. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's only one way to find out. Do you want to try some? Yes. Okay, I'm going to cut some up and we're going to be right back. Okay, we're going to take a quick break while we try this pineapple. <laughs> And we're back. <laughs> so I'm trying um John's shimmer salt <laughs> with the pineapple. Um, the pineapple is really juicy, and the shimmer salt has like a nice little floral, grassy note, and it makes the pineapple like feel a little bit sweeter. It's weird though, right? Because it's like salt and Szechuan peppercorns. Well, it's not Szechuan peppercorns. It's a Tibetan version, but same thing yeah it's good um Yay. it's definitely like unique i don't think you'll find this like blend of spices anywhere else so <gasps> that's so nice to say they were so just on shark tank they were yeah the company that uh the company that sells them for me um i came up with the blend and then they sourced all the spices the in the blend um mm. and they were all just on shark tank last week how do they do I don't know. I don't have TV. Damn. I mean, didn't tell you. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I hope they did well. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, uh, even if like they, even if they like don't get a deal, like they still get like so much publicity just by being that on it. Exposure you know? is like wild. Yeah. I wonder if they have to like give to show like a cut for the exposure if they go on I don't it think regardless so. of like what it did no no because how do you measure that like you can't really say like you know sales well you can say sales increased but like 
like the show wins because the people go on the show and do their pitches and people want to watch that. Um, but then mm-hmm. the individual panel, the sharks win when they like make the investment and they get a return on their investment, which I think like a lot of them have have like overall lost money over like the span of their career. Mm-hmm. Some of them, some of them I, I heard like had lost money, which sucks, but you know what? They probably make it up for like the amount of money they get paid to be on the show. Yes. And plus like, it's like a flex to be a shark, you know? Yeah, totally. And like, I don't know if I had a product and I went on shark tank like that, I would probably just do it for the publicity alone and not share a cut of my like revenue and company with somebody. Mm. Maybe you should get uh, kimchi chic on your uh, on Shark Tank. No, I don't think that'll be necessary. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So one thing that we did gorge on and we didn't talk about was the popcorn at Soho House. <laughs> yeah. So they just kept like refilling our popcorn, and we actually went there without eating dinner. So we were just like shoving our face over and over again. And then um one day we were Wait, explain mistress. why we were there. Oh, so we were there because um our friend Naomi Smalls was hosting the finale viewing party for RuPaul's Drag Race. And luckily we were able to find like a little spot like in the back room, um, with like nice seats. And yeah, like every table they had like a complimentary popcorn everywhere. And because we were hungry, we were like stuffing our face with the popcorn nonstop. Mm-hmm. And when um, RuPaul's interpreting Mistress, while like my mouth's like full of popcorn, that's the part where she said, put that down. And I'm like, <laughs> skirt? It's so true. I was watching you when it happened. <laughs> you had the popcorn like going up to your mouth and you were just looking black like, oh girl, she clocked you. <laughs> and damn. Oh my God. And that's why she lost Drag Race. <laughs> Didn't she say like this one's to all the big girls? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Put that down. Oh my God, wild. And then Naomi performed afterwards and she did mm-hmm. an amazing performance. She did a couple of Beyonce songs from the mm-hmm. Revolution album. And I think people underestimate her as like a, a performer. Who? No. I don't. I've never underestimated her as a performer. Well, I've never underestimated her as a performer, but like I don't think people like appreciate how amazing she is, especially live as a performer mm, yeah she is i mean she's for she's like mesmerizing to look at yes and also like i strongly disagree that like a good drag performance isn't just about like dancing and like doing these like tricks and like mm-hmm. gymnastics you know like naomi knows how to like sell a song to you without resorting to like splits and like the windmills and like you know like yeah no she is like 100 percent like magnetism and like stage presence like she Mm -hmm. could captivate you just by standing there and just doing a really good lip sync and then showing like a full gamut of emotion and expression with her face like it is Mm -hmm. such a good 
performance. And like, it's not like she doesn't do any kind of movement at all. Like she does, she walks beautifully. She does a very good like physical interpretations of like the words, but like you see her, like you see her perform and she's so good. It's so hard not to watch her because A, she's beautiful and then B, she carries the song from start to finish. It's, yeah. If you ever have a chance to see her live, you should definitely do it. Yeah. And if you don't, you're just a hater. True. Anyways, um, I'm so excited for the samkanji we're gonna eat after <laughs> filming this podcast. Now, as a chef, how will you um dress this kanji okay so i made a basic oat a steel cut oat kanji because we wanted something that was a little bit more filling and healthy and i flavored it with chicken powder and ginger while it's cooking um and then i'm going to add to it some uh cooked minced beef and chopped up century egg which is the only way that i really like century egg in my kanji, like I can't really handle eating those things on their own, but when they're mixed into things cut pretty small, then it's really good because it's more mild. But you like century egg, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Century egg is pretty much like duck or chicken eggs that have been preserved in lye. That's L-Y-E. And it's a super alkaline solution. And the egg white turns like this blue, gray, clear... It's polarizing. Some people really like it. Little John, my boyfriend, loves century egg. Um, I don't like it all that much, but I like it mixed into stuff because it does have a very distinct umami flavor. Um, but you have to be able to know how to eat it. So some it's because it's so strong and pungent, people like like to make TikTok videos of like them eating it and then gagging or having these like overblown reactions and stuff where it's like, well, you're not eating it right. Like if you ate if you took like a huge chunk of like Limburger cheese and like gave it to a person that's never had it before and made them eat it like it was an apple, they would probably have a similar reaction. But like nobody films that or nobody thinks to film them something like that because frankly, that's a stupid way to eat it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that's the kanji that we're going to have really soon. All right. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any listener questions this time oh that's right okay let me pull some up let me see and also if you want to ask us questions um any kind of questions of food advice or whatever um go ahead and add one for the table that's number one for the table on instagram um and send us a message and we will do our best to answer them. Are you eating more pineapple right now? Yes, it's delicious. I can hear you chew. <laughs> I wanted you to hear. Okay. Marissa says, Hi, this is for the Q&A. More of a comment. On the Oscars episode, I wonder what DC Northern Thai restaurant you were talking about. I used to go to Old Siam on barracks row weekly and get isan lunch special it was so spicy and i would walk out wobbly i miss that place so much we also lost my favorite pho restaurant in the, my neighborhood both obviously due to rising rent and flipping buildings so many small asian restaurants and businesses have gotten pushed out of dc proper i'd love to hear your thoughts on that and if that's happening in la or other places 
So basically gentrification in Asian spaces. Well, <laughs> um, I mean, COVID definitely like hit hard for like a lot of Asian businesses. Um, but I feel like in LA, um, quite a few businesses closed, but most of them managed to survive somehow. Mm. Pour one out for Spoon by H. I know. That is like probably the biggest tra- biggest tragedy. Mm-hmm. And this place called Beverly Soon Tofu. Mm. Um, yeah, they had amazing like Sundubu, but yeah, they just closed and never reopened. But it was crazy. Um, like the last week they're closing, like so many people were trying to like get their orders in. So, um, you have to like go on their website and like get a number it was almost almost like a lottery just mm-hmm. to get some like soon tofu soup <laughs> yeah i mean like a lot of the times like yes uh, most of the businesses closed down because of a lack of you know support mm-hmm. and financial support um money but in my experience a lot of the people who no longer cook for a living because of the pandemic just like didn't want to deal with people anymore uh yeah, a lot true. of times like during during like after quarantine happened um a lot of like the worst of the worst customers were the only people anyone was seeing and whether that you were a server or a cook and stuff it was just like a daily supply of like the worst customers or the worst kind of customers people who were like got offended that they had to wear a mask if they wanted to come into your restaurant, that kind of thing. And that just like pushed a lot of people out. Like, they, why would we want to do this? And why do we want to serve people that like are not just ungrateful, um, but like are so entitled to like how to dictate your own health? Like, it's mm-hmm. just a toxic environment to be in all the time. Never mind that it was already stressful to work there. But now throw in the fact that every customer during that period of time was a bad one. It's no, it's no shock that people got out of the industry in general because of it. Like people in like the other states were telling me, like, not only you know people wouldn't wear a mask if you wore a mask, they like harass you for wearing a mask. Oh, totally. And it's like so fucked up because anywhere else in the world, everyone wore a mask. Like no questions yeah. asked. And America's the only place where the fucking, like, incompetent president turned into a political thing. Yeah. Because um he mishandled the whole thing, like, really badly, that it became, like, a political tool. Yeah. Like, just wear the freaking mask. It's like, there's nothing political about it. Like, we're all just, you know, trying to be safe. And also, like, all these fucking pansy people, like, oh, I can't breathe, or, you know, like... Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, suck it up. It's better than dying. If you couldn't do it, then then just don't go into the restaurant. Like, why is it, why is, like, a cust- one bad customer's right to, like, not be uncomfortable? Why does that, like, take precedent over the health of the entire staff and the all the other customers in the room, you know? Like, it's something that then, only, like, it's, people around here just think that way. And it was, like, so ridiculous how some people get, like, a fake note made that, like, if you deny me um, because I didn't wear a mask, you're, like, violating, like, this, like, law, blah, 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 that doesn't even exist. Right. 
People are crazy. Like, you went out of your way to, like, do all this just so you don't have to wear a mask when you could have just worn a mask in the first place. Picked up your nuggets and then left. Yes. And then <laughs> we're sitting there, like, screaming and arguing and, like, oh, my God. I don't know. It's just... Oh, America's so depressing nowadays. Like, everything in the news is just terrible news. And, like, when will anything, like, good ever happen? I mean, we can only hope, I guess. We can only hope. That's <laughs> such a depressing way to... Like, I mean, not to, like, go for, like, a tangent, <laughs> but, you know, like, every time you turn to the news, you know, it's, like, the Republicans... Mm-hmm. Um, and like the right wing party, like doing something to like a marginalized group of people, um, taking away like healthcare, um, like well, any sort so- of like rights that they may have, and then while like just ignoring like the major issue, while people are getting like shut down every day, it's so easy to pick on a small marginalized group before it was. Well, right after 9-11, it was like all Middle Eastern people. Um, but then like they attacked the gay popul- LGBT population and now they had to f- f- zero in on trans people in general because gay people are pretty commonplace. And there is... How, how to put this? Basically, with less than half of a percent of the population, trans people are really easy to demonize by the conservatives simply because not that many people in their base will ever meet one. And so it's easy to meet a, make a monster of somebody that you're never going to meet because once you've met a person or met like a person who you think is so much different from you and then you realize they're not all that much different from you because people can only be people, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so of course they would attra- attack the trans community because A, they are seemingly on the surface really, really different, but also B, they're n- super rare and uncommon in ju- in comparison to the rest of the population of the country. So of course they're going to attack them because they know that most people will never meet one. I'm just ho- hoping for a day where like I tune into news and I just finally hear some like good news about you know, not just trans rights, but like, mm-hmm. just like good news in general. And I feel like we've not gotten a good news in a long while. Yeah, it has been just crisis after crisis after crisis. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah. and how do I feel about gentrification? It sucks. <laughs> Going back to the original question. <laughs> yeah. But you know of... what? Life sucks too. Yeah. Anyways, I'm Kanji. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, let's see if there's maybe like another question that we can end on a better note. <laughs> oh. Hey, Kim and John, loving the podcast so far. Definitely a big highlight of my Monday. Hopefully this one didn't send you spiraling into depression. Um, (laughs) I listened to a recent episode where you both talked about fried chicken. I'm a Nashville native. Oh, oh. And wanted to say that you should, if you should find yourself in Nashville, you should try out Bolton's, Bolton's. 
If you want real, authentic Nashville hot chicken, it's been a staple before Nashville hot chicken was widely was a widely known thing. And I think they even have a pop-up in LA now. Family-owned business, and the chicken is legit hot in the best way. Can't recommend them enough. You should try the real deal. Can't wait for more episodes. Ooh. Wishing you both nothing but love and success. <laughs> do they have a Bolton's pop-up in LA? Let me let me do a little googling. <laughs> what voice was that? I don't know. It's my I want fried chicken voice. <laughs> Let's see. Ah, uh, nothing comes up. Oh, you lied. <laughs> well, speaking of the pop up, what about that like uh, seafood? taco seafood mexican truck that we had the other day with naomi oh um yeah so right by my house they opened up this um seafood truck seafood taco oh my god it's just like a tongue twister seafood taco food truck and you know i want to give them the benefit of the doubt because um they're still new and we're the only customers there but our order took 40 minutes um, but they just recently opened up, so I'm sure they're, like, working on the kings. And all the food we got was really good. On the menu, they it had, was. like, sashimi, aguachile, and tacos. But these weren't just any tacos. These were mm. special tacos. <laughs> uh, it was, like, a homemade blue corn tortilla. And the one that John got... Naomi and I got a bite each, and it was like so delicious to the point we were talking about it the next day. Yeah. Uh, on top of like the blue corn tortilla, I think there was like a layer of caramelized cheese that was like engulfing so the whole tortilla. It was crispy. And then a slice of filet mignon, a mm -hmm. chunk of lobster. And yeah. what else was on there? It was, that's what it was. It was their surf and turf taco, and it was by far the best thing on their menu. Like, by far. Everything uh -huh. was good. Um, I like their aguachiles more than I like their ceviche. Because um, mm -hmm. I thought there was just, like, more flavor. I thought their ceviche was a little too salty. Um, and then their octopus taco looked really good. The octopus taco was really good, except, actually, you know what? No, it was too sweet. You oh, you that's right. It was a, it was almost like a barbecue sauce type thing, yeah, or like a ta barbecue tamarind sauce. It it was mm -hmm. on the sweeter side. I liked it as a Cantonese person, <laughs> mm. so you can you can tell like how sweet that probably would have been. To me, it was just like a little too sweet, but the octopus mm -hmm. itself was really tender. Mm. What did Naomi have? Uh, Naomi got some two taco thing. Oh. <laughs> okay. I don't remember what she had. <laughs> I think she had like a fish taco and like octopus taco. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what she had too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the aguachile was really good. It was nice and spicy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, LA just has like a, such a good like food truck scene. When you come to LA, like, don't be afraid to, like, hit any of, like, the food trucks because the they're legit. The street side Mexican food vendors are so good here. 
Like mm-hmm. I don't have tacos or Mexican food in general unless I'm in LA anymore. Like I can't. I it, it's mm-hmm. it's tainted me with just how good quality it is over here. So like if I'm in New York and people like want to go out for something, like the last thing I want is like Mexican food out there. It's just it just mm-hmm. doesn't compare. It's like trying to get a bagel outside of Manhattan or outside of New York. Well, New Jersey's mm-hmm. got good bagels too, though. New Jersey. Yeah, no, that's not how you say it. And also, like, well, I, I, New Jersey. I don't know how to New say Jersey? it either. Jersey. Yeah. Okay. Jersey. <laughs> no, I, I'm so bad at accents. Yeah, me too. I've also not never had like a good Detroit style pizza place out of Detroit. Mm. I will say that. I heard there's some good ones in Chicago, which I would I'm definitely believe. Um, but yeah, the places that I've had outside of Detroit have not been good for their Detroit style pizza. Actually, your um, Costco has <laughs> wait pretty what? decent. Frozen um, Detroit style pizza. I think it's called like Motor City Pizza. What? So um, I follow Costco Reddit. It's my guilty pleasure. I love it. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, and people constantly post like reviews of like the um, food that they sell at Costco. Mm-hmm. And I saw a lot of people rave about like this um, Motor City Pizza that they sell at Costco. Apparently, it tastes like really good. Good Detroit style pizza, but in frozen form. Interesting. I wonder if you can get it. Is it in California that they can get it? Because Costco's are surprisingly regional. Oh, that's true. I don't know. Um, I don't think the person specified which Costco like they went to. Because I remember so they like Korean ve- Korean vegan got mm-hmm. like boba Costco boba kits, but it was the mm-hmm. Calabasas Costco. Hmm. Yeah, because Costco caters to like whatever um, demographic like that they're nearby. Yeah. Oh, we should also order boba. Mm. Oh, yeah. But anyways, that was our podcast for today. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, and... Yeah, sorry we went off on a good depressing tangent earlier. <laughs> I know. Things got dark, but that's okay. You know, politics get me riled up, okay? <laughs> so anyways, if you like our podcast, like, subscribe, share. If you don't, you're a hater. And we don't like haters in this house. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>